Welcome to the Dreamcast Podcast, where you start the journey to make your dream a reality, become the greatest version of yourself, and discover your purpose. My name is Daniel Bozinski, and I'm excited to bring you today's show. Every week, the Dreamcast will bring you practical tips, steps, and interviews from influential leaders, successful entrepreneurs, and business professionals living out their dreams from around the globe. Our guests have discovered their purpose and are constantly making an investment into their greatest asset themselves. I believe your dreams are priceless. And if you're looking to make an investment into yourself but don't know where to begin, then start the journey today by joining me at danielbazinski.com. Thanks for tuning in now. Let's get started. Thanks for joining us today on the Dreamcast Podcast. I promise you that this will be the most life-changing podcast you've ever listened to. Whether you're a school teacher, business professional, company owner, or just an employee working that nine to five, this message is for you. Today, our show is going to be jammed with aha moments to change your future. It's a true honor for allowing us to invest into your life and be a part of your journey to be the best version of yourself. My name is Daniel Bozinski, your host for the Dreamcast Podcast. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about how to demystify the big build for your dream, how to ignite daily creativity and innovation, and how to find your passion and make it your profession. Now it's time to introduce today's guest. Today's guest is one of a kind. Her book was a number one bestseller on Amazon the day it came out. She's an independent consultant and a top earner at her company with one of the strongest teams in her business, Rodin and Fields. She went from shy kindergarten teacher to extraordinary network marketer, bringing in a seven-figure income in just five years alone. She's the number one distributor in her company, and by 29 years old, she was earning a six-figure monthly income. She's coached thousands to experience the life that she's created. Our guest was the first ever inducted into the $5 million circle achiever, yet money has never been her motivation purpose always has. Now she's retired her husband from the construction business 35 years early to work on their business together. She's not only in the top 1% of income brackets for all women in America, but she's also considered to be one of the world's leading network marketing consultants and experts. She's spoken alongside some of the biggest and brightest at some of the largest industry events around the world. She's been featured in network marketing books with the legends of her profession, and she's here to help you make your dream life possible. Sarah Robbins, welcome to the Dreamcast. Hey, Daniel, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited to not only just get to know you a little bit more, but hear your story and have others being able to tap into just what you've learned and what you've done the last few years. I'm excited too. Well, at the start of every show, I would love for you just to share a little bit um, about some context in your life. So what's happening in your life? I know you just brought a new little baby in the world, a little bit about business. Why don't you share a little bit of context? Oh, goodness. Okay. So um, I am a former kindergarten teacher turned network marketing leader, <laughs> and they were really um, enjoying the life of our dreams, but it's a passion of ours to help other people do the same. So from home, we are leading an organization of hundreds of thousands of people now, and um, my husband, Bill, and I are running that business together. We also have a publishing company. We do a lot of speaking, and you are right? We've got a three-month-old. So um, he rules the roost right now and, of course, our schedules and our sleep. But he is a joy and it is so amazing to be able to really share this life and 
live this life with him. It's incredible. So cool. You know, I think your personal drive and commitment is it's unprecedented. And so many listening right now, they would love to have the life you had. I think a lot of people are, you know, even just listening to your introduction, people could say, well, you know, that's not for everyone. And oh, she got lucky or you know what it's you know, and, I, and I and I know that you're going to reveal some of the secret sauce, some of the secrets today that that this life is not just an impossible once in a lifetime opportunity that this is something you built like anyone can build for their future. So, you know, I would love for you, uh, someone listening to the, the intro is going to be blown away. I'd love for you to give them a little bit of context. What is Rodin and Fields? And uh, maybe a little bit of your story behind that going from kindergarten to network marketer. You got it. So I was a teacher by trade. I love teaching kindergarten and first grade. Unfortunately, because of Michigan's economy, which is where we live, I was facing the loss of my job. So I decided to pursue extra income, and my search led me to my current company, Rodan and Fields. Um, it actually was not a network marketing company as it was today. It was a top seller in the retail setting. So my oh. mom, who's a licensed esthetician, she was working for them, and she got me a job working retail part-time. And Go mom. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I got a call one day that would change my life. Our uh, account executive let us know that they had good news and bad news. The bad news was we were going to lose our job. So again, you know, facing job loss for the second time, but they had another opportunity for us. Uh, they were going to be leaving retail, going into direct sales. Did we want to be a part of it? And I will be honest, I knew nothing about network marketing, direct sales, except for the fact that I said I would never, ever, ever do it. It got you. <laughs> it was my mom who said we'd be crazy not to do it. Something right. you can do part-time, on your time, your terms. And um, she basically looked at me and said, Sarah, you're doing this. So I started shy. Um, so talk about being in a business of networking and afraid to talk to people. Right. I was young in my young twenties. I was broke. We were paying bills out of our quarter jar. No way. My network was young and broke like me, but I was passionate. I was persistent. I was focused on my reason why, which at the time was to earn $3,000 a month in case I lost my teaching income. And I focused on that. I wasn't going to quit until um, we achieved that goal. And it was amazing. We were in part-time hours able to surpass our teaching income and today do really big things for children in need all around the globe. So we still get to work with kids just in a totally different way. And of course, we're really pursuing our passion in, in doing so and really our business has become the vehicle that gives us the time and resources to live more, give more, and really experience life so much more. It's so good. You know, I'd, I'd love to hear this from you because I've, so I had 400 speaking engagements that I've spoken at in the last four and a half years, about a hundred a year. And, and here's the thing. I was in, in middle school. I was a homeschooled, awkward kid. I never talked to a girl in my life. Um, I, I didn't know how to interact with people. I didn't know how to make eye contact. Obviously, my parents taught me all that. But I went from quiet kid that really didn't want to be seen to loudmouth on the stage to loudmouth in life. And, um, and I, you're saying the same thing. So you weren't actually outgoing. This wasn't your personality to be what you are right now. Oh, I remember going to my first networking event and I was just sweating out of every pore <laughs> in my body. I truly thought I was going to die. 
And I kept looking for the door to exit. The good news is, is when you go to networking events, they're really trained to make people comfortable. So I had people who really, you know, scooped me up and helped me out. But um, I remember approaching somebody for the very first time about my business. And I walked up to this cosmetics counter and my hands were shaking and my knees were knocking. And for the first time in my life, I saw stars. And I did the verbal vomit all over them. They looked at me like a deer in headlights, like, where did you come from? And what did you say? And I went back to the car and I called my mom and I cried. And I said, what do I do? Do Do I go back there? She goes, no, get out of there. And I did the big, ugly cry the whole way home. And I thought, you know, how am I going to be successful in this business if I'm afraid to talk to people? And so, you know, a, a lot of time has been spent in personal and, of course, professional growth as well. And, of course, the more you practice, uh, the better you get, right? No, I love that. For anyone listening right now, you can disqualify yourself by saying that you're a type B or Z, whatever you want to call yourself, but that you're not a type A, that you're not outgoing, but you were made to interact with people, okay? Yeah. And some of the greatest joys in life is interacting with people and providing solution, if you want to call it, selling a product. I love that you talk about you developed that skill. It's something that's in us all. And it just, it takes this, hey, I want to become the greatest version of myself. I want to make an investment in an area that I have a weakness in. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I had a revelation one day that saying I was shy was an excuse that was keeping me from my best life and really from having fulfilling relationships and friendships and making meaningful connections with other people. And although, you know, I tend to always lean on that more introverted side where my husband would, you know, like a party with 50 people in a marching band and I'd like to be inside and reading a book, (laughs) I don't declare shy over my life anymore and so I'll say I'm formerly shy and I'm always learning and growing and developing in every way and so it really can be a hindrance to living our best life and to fulfilling our purpose so it's something that we're constantly having to be aware of and of course you know learn and grow I love that I'm going to use that no you're not shy it's something that's in your past you need to step into who you are I, I really I'm enjoying that for everyone listening right now. I mean, this these simple tools of learning how to develop yourself, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Maybe you would never go to a network marketing. Maybe you say you'd never be a part of one of those things. Never say never, right? I mean, if you would have known that saying yes to what you said yes to was possible and what you're doing now, you would have never had any regrets or withholdings. You would have gone all in, right? I mean... That's, That's the concept. Correct. Well, so what did it look like? You the, the the job situation was shaky, but you still go back to that period of your life and that time, you still walked away from a paying job. And oh, yeah. <laughs> most people are they are working for someone and not I'm not I'm gonna use the words like they're not enslaved to that person, but without that job, they can't leave. So what did that feel like? Like walking away from a paying job? I will never forget the feeling. See, I had interviewed against 1,100 people to get my job. And that was back before the downturn of the economy. But still, it was tough to get a teaching job in Michigan because, you know, at least during that time, Michigan teachers were well taken care of and compared to some other states, well compensated. And so I remember going to school and people saying, well, you're going to have to go down south to go get a teaching job. And I wow. didn't have any experience in the the um, the district in which I lived, and I was really 
um, I, I prayed for my job. I prayed specifically to teach lower elementary close to home. And a week before school started, I got an offer for K-1, so lower elementary, in the district I live. So it couldn't be closer to home. Perfect. And so you talk about fear, right? Fear of, you know, what am I walking away from? What am I stepping into? <laughs> In fact, I'm going to tell you the truth. I told my principal that I was taking a one-year leave of absence, and I never went back. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, there was a lot of fear of the unknown. Now, I did use a lot of wisdom, too. I waited until during that school year. I waited till I was at a place where I was consistently surpassing my teaching income because, of course, you want to be wise as well and make sure that your needs are met and that you can feed your family at the end of the day. But still, this was a job that I knew that there would be another thousand people in line for after I left. Right. But if I didn't leave in that moment and I look at where my business is now, that was when I had a season where I was traveling a lot and doing a lot and speaking a lot. I truly don't believe that my business were, would be where it is today. It was really the perfect season for me. That's good. I, I like to call those like the defining moments, right? Okay. You know, you don't remember all the little moments and even memories, actually, but you do remember the defining moments. Like, I'm, I'm glad you I, we pulled from that experience because you said, I'll never forget that experience. Sometimes when we talk about our defining moments, we like relive them. You know, you're like, why did I do that? You know, but it, it, you're right. I mean, you wouldn't, like you said, you wouldn't be here had it been you made that big jump that that big moment so you've had to have had a, a hundred of these can i really do this moments yes i mean that was a, a a total leap of faith but honestly the it took me three months to recruit my first distributor so i was not a fast starter <laughs> i had so many times in fact the ceo of my company she lovingly jokes with me and she says you quit more than anyone else in the company. Now, of course, it was a threat to quit. I never actually quit, but um, absolutely. I, I, I used to be one of the least highest earners. I just lacked a lot of self-confidence and belief in myself that I could do this. So the road hasn't been easy. It definitely has been daily activity, consistency, and really giving it the time that it takes to develop what we have today. That's good. I three months though. You said three months to get your first distributor. Yeah, three months. So most people would have quit by then. Um, but you know, again, I, I was going out and reading books and getting magazines and reading the stories of people who did it. And really, at the time, my mom and I were the first distributors in our company, so we didn't have anybody to follow. We did not have training. We did not have trainers. We did not even have a compensation plan. We didn't know how we were going to get paid initially. Wow. So it was two of us really, you know, pioneers paved the way. We studied. We became students of our profession. We went to events. Uh, we were learning and growing every single day. And it certainly has paid off. It's so cool. I, I love just the story. 1,100 you know, people looking for this job. You finally land it. Then you go in part-time with a multi-level marketing basically scheme that you said you'd never say yes to three months for a distributor. You quit more than anyone. I, I've been, you know, just thinking a lot and, and writing down a lot of thoughts around defeat and failure. And I, and I really believe that failure is not your, it's not in your defeat. It's your response to it, right? You can only be a failure when, when you choose to actually be defeated when you, when you fail and when you mess up. And so I, I love that you just kept pressing on because so many of us were, were living in comfort. We're justifying our lack of 
of a, a powerful work ethic, uh, to be able to treat our husbands and wives right. We, 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 we justify all of the things that we do, the reason why we never spend time with our kids, the reason why we don't treat people good. We justify it because them and because, and, and ultimately it's, it's our responsibility, like you said, to really take responsibility and, and go and, 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 you, the whole thing for you was protecting your family's income was building a life that you never had before. So I really think that's just going to be an incredible encouragement to those listening. One of my favorite things. So for those listening, I, I actually um, hadn't met Sarah when I first um, read her first blog. So my brother sent me a blog that you wrote up and um, Sarah's close friends of some of my family members. And you talked about demystifying the big vision into metrics. And I don't know if you remember this blog specifically, but you talked about the end outcome. You broke down what you need to sell each week, each month to arrive to your end goal. Can you share a little bit of, of, about this, like demystifying the big build process? Absolutely. So there's a lot of different analogies I can give. I first and foremost will say um, I give the, the analogy of weight loss because Prior to my baby, I lost 65 pounds and I kept it off for 10 years. And, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, I want to lose 65 pounds or I want to lose 10 pounds this month, but you can't do that without activity. So when we break it down, we say, okay, how many calories am I eating each day? How much water am I drinking? How much am I exercising? So again, you have to have monthly goals, but then we have to break it down into daily activity goals as well. And the same is true with business. What are my sales goals? How many calls or follow-ups am I going to have to make each day? And when we have what I call our reason why, why am I doing what I'm doing? That's your big picture. So for myself, it was to develop and start a foundation for women and children that I would fully fund through my network marketing business. At first, I was a little bit overwhelmed by that. And I remember um, one of my mentors saying, Sarah, how much is that going to cost? And I said, millions. And she said, how does that feel? And I said, I'm totally overwhelmed. <laughs> And she said, what you need to do is you need to break that down into goals. So set aside a separate bank account. And this is when, you know, back in the day where I was earning a few hundred to eventually a few thousand dollars a month. And she said, set aside a separate account and take a percentage, whether it's 10% of every single check and start putting it into that account and start building toward the big picture, your dream. And so for me, you know, during that time, I thought, okay, so the foundation, it was a long time away. I thought, okay. I could send a family to fine arts camp, and I did. Or I could pay a child's medical bills, and I did. Or we could build a handicap ramp, and we did. And so as our income grew, so did the impact that we were able to make on other people's lives. And now instead of my reason why or that big goal seeming so overwhelming, and instead of being driven by feelings of defeat or failure, now I was being driven by my dream. So it's really taking that big picture and then breaking it down into monthly goals and then even your daily activity goals as well. What do you have to do to get there? So I can't say I want to lose five pounds. But I also can't say I want to lose or I want to sell five thousand dollars in product without having a blueprint on how to get there. That's so cool. I love the why. You know, you you basically were driven more by the why. It wasn't like I want to make a million dollars. It was like, hey, I want to actually give a hundred thousand dollars to children in need, and that was your drive. It was a it's a purpose economy concept. I love that. Absolutely. You know, I always say our business is our vehicle. It gives us the time and resources to do the things that we're passionate about. So good. So everyone listening, what is your why for what you're doing right now? 
That is important. If you don't have a why, then you should really question if you're doing what you love to do or if you're doing it with the right heart and right intentions. I think we find the greatest passion in life when we connect back to humanity's core, which is loving each other, giving to each other, providing for each other, helping each other, helping the ones that are less fortunate, right? You know, me and you, I don't, I believe you've, you've traveled internationally as well, right, Sarah? Yes. When you travel internationally, you see the needs of people. There's something inside of humanity that says we've got to help the the most wealthy individuals, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, the people that get to the end of money, realize even Mark Zuckerberg this last six months, they committed all to helping others because they realize that when you reach the top or when you reach the end, Man, they just want to help people. So don't wait till you reach the end. Ask the why now and then begin to demystify that 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 build by those monthly goals, those weekly goals, those daily goals. What a great breakdown, seriously. Well, when I when I look at and when everyone's looking at your social media, your your websites, you you have two or three, I believe, um, your YouTube videos, your posts, there's so much excellence on what you do. You create this daily content that's you're always reinventing yourself and and I'm I'm really impressed. And I think I don't think we need to wait till everything's perfect at all. But why is this important to you? Because I know you make it a priority and can you share kind of how you do this, how you manage that? Absolutely. So first and foremost, I think you have to find the platform that you are passionate about. So for me, for example, I am just totally not, I'm not great on Twitter. I'm just going to be honest. (laughs) Figure it out. I feel like I'm talking to myself. And, and again, many people find it to be advantageous and exciting. And for me, it is just plain confusing. Facebook, I love, but I really live in this social world in my business. And Facebook really is a social place. So I've built a really great community of people there, not just of my team, but people all across the network marketing profession and business. Um, and it's been incredible. And I always try to just, you know, post something that's on my heart or my mind every single day. And sometimes I find the less we plan, like I don't, and, and, and everybody may feel differently about this, but I don't pre-schedule posts. I really like to talk about what's going on in my life or what's going through my mind right then and there. That's and, good. you know, although I teach sales and network marketing and all of these things, you're going to find it's very rare that that's what my posts are about. Um, The way that we really attract people to what we do is by attracting them to who we are and what we have to offer. And so, you know, I always say be a giver of great value, share inspiration, motivation. If you're funny, I'm not, you know, the funniest person my husband is, (laughs) but, you know, be humorous. And be the page that people aren't just waiting for you to pop up in their newsfeed. Be the one that people choose to go to every day to see what you've posted. And again, if you're right behind the camera and you know, you're good off the cuff, I, I love video. Then just, you know, click the little red button and go for it. If the thought of that makes you want to just hide under a table and die, don't do it. <laughs> you know, perhaps you're a blogger or if you love Twitter, tweet away, but find the platform that, you are you feel positive about and share the things that you're passionate about as well and remember 
It doesn't have to be so specific as, you know, a, a topic. People want to follow people who are inspirational and really the newsfeed is full of negative stuff. Be somebody who's positive and inspiring. That's so good. There's so many keys. Just so you know, you're like unloading wisdom bombs all over the place. <laughs> There's so many keys here. I, I think that people want to interact with people, right? So you, you maybe see, you know, John Maxwell post something awesome on leadership, um, but you're not at John Maxwell's level and maybe, maybe you are, maybe you're not. But at the end of the day, I think that it's, Facebook is, is such a, a family oriented, personal touch social media site. And I do, I do notice that you'll post your kiddo on there. You'll post you and Phil going out on the date night. I mean, people want to interact with people. They want to know you're real. That's right. They want to know that you're human, you know, and, and I, some of the other things that you talked about too, is, you know, someone else's Avenue might not be your Avenue. You got to find your avenue. Is it vlogs? Is it blogs? Is it uh, just random videos? Is it, you know, is it, tw is it Twitter? I can't stand Twitter. I, I feel the same that you feel, just so you know. I feel like I don't know what to do on there. We will not be Twitter friends then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and one more thing I love that you talked about for everyone listening. I think it's so important. You can schedule your posts. And I know it, again, like you said, it, it's different for everyone, right? We're not going to put a blanket statement out there, but... I will say that I've noticed an insurmountable different amount of interaction when I'm posting what's on my heart for the day, what's happening in my life right now. Um, and also, I'm just connected to the emotional touch of what I'm posting. So when someone replies, it's not something that I'm having to dig back six months ago that I wrote up. It's I had someone ask me this week, are you writing that stuff up every day? And I said, yeah, actually, I am. I'm actually developing that micro content every day as it's on my heart. So I think that those are some keys um, just to, to building a, a, a beautiful social presence that's real. That's you. That's great. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. You know, there are seasons in life where, for example, when I was just um, having our first child where I had to reuse some content and I thought that's okay to just continue to be an encouraging voice out there to continue to be present. So there are seasons in life where sometimes we recycle something that's really good. But I always think that speaking from the heart is the best. That's so good. I agree with that. I love one of the things that we have done as, as the, the show topics is creativity and innovation. They're two of my favorite topics when it comes to business and marketing. And it's so important. It's, I really believe it's one of your specialties, obviously, creativity and innovation. You're, you're always innovating. Roden and Fields is probably always reinventing itself as a business. Um, speaking to how you kind of create and innovate on a daily basis. So you talked about posting once a day. So is it when you're in your car? Obviously, you're not texting and building that when you're in your car. But <laughs> like, wh when is that? Is it just when inspiration comes? Or sometimes do you sit down and force that you know, innovation and creativity to hit you. Yeah. So I try to blog on Mondays. I feel that it's a really great time to focus and to plan and prepare for the week ahead. So that's a really great time for me. And I try to do that every week and that's on my business blog. I do have just a really fun lifestyle blog and that is as life events happen. And I want to share an event that we did or, um, at decorating that we did. So that can just be something that's just off the cuff and really creative. And the reason for that is, is that's not a moneymaker for us. It's a passion project. And I want it to always remain fun and not to feel scheduled. Right. But as it relates to my daily posts, it's just off the cuff. And, and when I can, and when I, I feel really creative, I find that if I'm trying to sit myself down and force it to happen, it doesn't always come out as I intended. So it's, it's in my quiet time. And, 
Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, the, the little bit of time that I do have <laughs> to myself, that we've got some really great content that comes from it. Right. Yeah. It's, and I, I think that everyone listening, you got to go check out the personal blog and the business blog. I, I think you have a great layout when you like you, you have a really powerful way of telling the story, right? Like I saw the one on the decorating and you just had an event and it was decoration and you had a photo and a little description, and a little paragraph. The next photo, I, you have, you have such a great way of creating this community of people feeling like, and not just feeling, but really being a part of your life, a part of your journey, yours and Phil's journey. And it, it, it is really special. You know, I'd like to just shift gears just for a moment. You have some incredible products on your website, not just the book, um, but you also have CDs and training development programs. Can you talk a little bit about those things? I'm gonna have the links below for people to purchase them, but kind of who they're for and why someone really needs to get them. Sure. So for people that are in a home-based business or exploring a home-based business, whether it's direct sales, network marketing, multi-level marketing, again, whether you're in it or considering, and it doesn't matter what the company or product, I have taken the years of wisdom near a decade that I've been in this profession and put it into a system. And so whether you have a system or you're looking to create one, that's in my book, Rock Your Network Marketing Business, and that's been a bestseller since it launched, and it was just something really that I put forth because I saw a need. People were saying all the time, how did you create what you did? And now it's all there. It's easy to hand to somebody, and right. it's really you know a, a gift that I can give back to a, a, a profession and a business model that's blessed us tremendously. And then uh, for those of you that are audio learners, we have our Rockstar Recruiting School and our Masterclass, which is for leaders or aspiring leaders in their business. And those are audio CDs that hopefully will help you to build and build something that's solid and sustainable. Great. So go on the site. It's going to be right below. The links will be below and pick up the book, the CDs, any one of the packages. She has a few different packages actually that you can grab. And they also have a little bit more of an in-depth if you wanted more on those. Um, so Sarah, the majority of the world is working this, you know, nine to five, or they're working this, this job that's paying for their bills, but it's not their passion. We kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. I'm, I'm really ex excited to revisit it because you said something powerful. You said, you, you, you know, I read this book that said, don't quit your day job, right? You used wisdom, you used strategy. A lot of people think it's just, oh, you just jumped ship. No, it doesn't work like that. Um, so for people listening, what, how did, how do they, how do they work that transition well? And and how do they find this 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 job that intersects their passion into their profession? Well, you know, it's interesting because I even look at what I do today. So remember, I said I knew nothing about network marketing except for the fact that I said I would never do it. And to be honest, I really never knew why. <laughs> I was not really at an age where, you know, at the time that I started, of course, that skincare was all that important to me. I mean, in my young 20s, I had pretty good skin. And so for me, it was more about a vehicle and having a vehicle that would provide to us the time and the resources to do the things that we're passionate about, to travel around the world, to build orphanages, to help families in need. And so you always have to keep that in mind. Can this be the vehicle that's intended for my larger life mission and purpose, or even for the season that you're in, right? Because during that, the time that I was teaching, again, I couldn't afford to just up and leave and, and quit because right. times were tough. I had to be able to pay my bills as I pursued my passion as well. So that's, that's really important. And again, 
keeping in mind your reason why and then finding the vehicle that's going to help you to get there. And even too, sometimes that's a long-term, you know, for us, our business is a long-term because it blesses a lot of people. And sometimes, you know, it's a side job that's temporary that allows you to build a business without stress and pressure. You know, I have people who join us often and they'll say, well, you know, gosh, how soon till I can quit my job or can I do this as my primary job? And I say, do you have bills to pay? And if the answer is yes, which most of the time it is, I say, you know, you want this to be enjoyable. You don't want this to be, you don't want this business that's supposed to be fun and flexible and you don't want it to be something that's going to be a burden to you. You don't want to be looking at it and saying, well, gosh, you know, I have to make X amount this month and be stressed by it. You really want to enjoy it. So that means you've got to work a part-time job while you build the business of your dreams. That's just being responsible. Right. I love the, you talked about, you know, find the vehicle. There's so many different avenues and vehicles to get you sooner or later to that dream place that you want to be. The Dreamcast podcast is all about helping people live their dreams, making their dreams a reality, um, discover their purpose and become the greatest version of themselves. And, and I, I'll tell you, even in just my journey, I do what I love. Like, I am my own boss, but even more than that, I get to run two different awesome organizations with the best team in the world, this world-changing team. We get to go all around the world and impact and develop and help people to give clean water. Uh, you know, last last month, we gave 1,800 people clean water for a year, and we fed 1,000 people, and we're doing that on a monthly basis, a humanitarian level, a spiritual level, uh, a leadership level, development level, and it's like, I, I, I remember that process of going from, I was graduating my accounting degree, got a full-time off from my accounting job, realized I was going to hate my life for the next 15 years, and I made the big jump. But making the big jump was, it was like you said, it was a process. It was four or five big steps, actually, till I finally kind of arrived there. So it's, it's so powerful for anyone listening to know that that big jump is, it's strategic. It's, it's part of growing into your leadership to knowing that you have responsibilities and you got to pay the bills. It's great. So um, I want to just sh have you share the, every person that says they've, they've experienced success in their life. Any ultra successful person can trace their story back to one or two relationships or mentors in their life. So whether you've interacted with these mentors on a real level or it was a book or a podcast, you don't know them personally, who has this been for you? What, what role did they play in your life and who's kind of been this mentor and leadership in your life? And I have so many amazing mentors and people that I honor. And I will just say the greatest mentor in my life is my mother. She, and of course, I love both of my parents and I honor them both. But as a female and as a mom today, just looking at the sacrifice and the commitment, it's incredible. And to think all of the things that she did really to raise me and my two sisters well and we're all very entrepreneurial and we take after her. I remember when we were young, she always had some sort of business that she did from home, whether it was real estate, which of course she had be gone on appointments, you know, now and then, but she had a home-based daycare. So if you can imagine, talk about stressful. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't even imagine having everybody else's screaming babies, but, um, you know, she would do everything that she could to be home with us and to pour into us and to really create legacy for us. And now being her business partner, she's, um, direct to our company. So she's our founding distributor and my team, I'm, I'm direct to her. I'm her business partner. Um, so cool. 
but it's amazing because again, I watched her, you know, again, totally walk into the unknown and be an amazing role model for so many, I mean, hundreds of thousands of women. And she leads with such integrity, such humility. You would never know that she's a top earner in our company. And what she gives, she's one of the most generous people I know. You talk about a spirit of generosity. They just got back from Ethiopia, where they were working with orphans there. She's now getting on a plane this morning to be featured in a documentary because unknown to me, she helped a family. Um, she, they, they donated funds to help them adopt. And wow. so she does all this stuff behind the scenes. Her and my dad, we were um, just at this concert and, you know, they did a plug for World Vision or Compassion, you know, to, to adopt the kids. And my mom said, yeah, your dad has like 30 adopted kids and he <laughs> writes to them consistently every single month, each one individually. And again, they never talk about the stuff that they do, but to to leave a legacy like that for people that you love, but also to leave love behind. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing gift. And it's definitely why we carry that spirit of generosity with us as well. It's so cool. I don't, I think that we're all in this rat race to get more money. You know, most people are working their job. They wish they had more money. We all wish we had more money to buy more things. And then when people hear about someone like yourself who has the money that most people wish they have, all you talk about is meaning. That's what I've noticed is wealthy people. They talk about meaning. Um, and it's so powerful to me. It's so touching to me that at the core and at the end, meaning is, is the most important thing. You can find money and never find meaning, but if you find meaning, you'll always find money. And I think that someone like your mother, she doesn't, it's because she doesn't do it for anyone else. She does it because it's, it's what connects her back to her purpose. It's her why, right? Yes, absolutely. So cool. So what are some of your, what are some of your favorite quotes that inspire you, whether it's on a daily basis or just in general, do you have some quotes you kind of lean on during hard times? You know, there's a, a funny one that I love. Well, it's, it's not funny, but it goes back to really that whole weight loss analogy, but also my business too. You know, people will see me from high school and they'll say, Oh my gosh, you look great. What did you do? Like there's some sort of secret. And then <laughs> oh my gosh, it's great to see you've been so successful. And they think it happened overnight. You know, you must have been lucky. How did this happen? <laughs> and I love it's by um, the um, Biz Stone, believe it or not, co-founder of Twitter, our favorite. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Timing, perseverance, and 10 years of trying eventually make you look like an overnight success. Say that again. Timing, perseverance, and 10 years of trying eventually make you look like an overnight success. Wow, that's good. I really like that, actually. That is really powerful. Yeah. That's really, really good. You know, it doesn't ha nothing happens overnight, right? Nothing, nothing good, nothing worth it costs is cheap. If you want, if it, if it costs you something, that's what you value. That's what the value you put into is what you get out of it. That is so good consistency, daily activity, and giving it the time that it takes. So good. Well, let's shift a little bit on some uh, some personal things as we kind of wrap up the show and get to the end here. Uh, I just got about four or five questions for you, but on a personal level, I always try to open it up and have have the, the guests share some hardships they've come through and kind of how they got through. And I think it's important for people to know, you know, you cut us all. We all, we all bleed red and we're all human and we're all susceptible to the same psychological um, pains as well as the same physical pains and limitations. So could you share like a, a hardship that you've come through in your life and kind of how you got through that? Oh yeah. I had a couple of years ago, really a big lesson in 
leadership, but also in life, I had really gone through a season where I had a, a, a leader who was very influential and instrumental in my business who the year before who had said from a big stage that I was their personal mentor and decided the following year no longer. There was no conflict. There was no, right. um, there was no issue. But one day I got to sit down about all the reasons why she and quote unquote everybody else thought X, Y, and Z about me. Now, typically, you know, when people say that everybody thinks this, it's them and maybe their cat, but it's not everybody. <laughs> you feel like the world is against you, but typically it's two people who know about it. And I just remember just being in shock because I had never faced in my life. Now, of course, I had worked for children for a very long time, but that type of conflict with another individual, I hate conflict and I love people. Right. So it was it was one of the most crushing and, and devastating seasons. I had, you know, a few people who did turn against me and I responded with love and I never talked about it. I didn't gossip about it. I loved publicly and privately and I forgave. And it was very interesting because a few people came to me and said, you know what, we were wronged and we were wrong and we apologize. And the reason why we knew your heart through it all was because of how you responded. And essentially it was because we didn't respond and we continued to love and we continued to walk in grace and humility and integrity. And um, it was amazing because they actually invited me to present at their retreats. And, wow. um, you know, there was really great greater relationships that came from that. And during the, that time too, we were going through um, a tragedy in our family. And so again, you know, you've, you're dealing with conflict. Well, you know, privately you're dealing with pain. Um, the biggest lesson that I learned through that was to continue to do what I was doing and not to try and create new things and um, do new things, but to continue to be consistent, to continue to keep systems in place for our business and for our team and continue to love and to continue to lead and to realize that, that I'm not here to lead everybody and I'm not going to be everybody's leader. And instead of focusing on the two who had an issue with me or how I led or my style, I was to focus on the thousands of other people that were waiting for me to tell them, you know, next steps and encourage them and motivate them. So we can't focus on those who have left. We've got to focus on those that we are to lead and to love. That is really powerful. We all, we're all going to experience this stab in the back moment. I oh, yeah. truly believe that. And you know, what's so interesting. I, I've had a lot of them in my life <laughs> and we all have. And the most powerful lesson that I always walk away with at the end is no matter what anyone does to me, it only reveals who I truly am. That's right. It's uh, it's like, it literally almost brings tears in my eyes thinking about some of these moments. Like it makes me kind of angry. Like, well, why can't this be revealing? No, no. It only reveals who you are, Daniel. Pressure intention only reveals the, 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 the presupposition that you've chosen to be love and good and and believe in people despite their actions despite the way they treat you despite the things that they say about you who are you going to be and i think for everyone listening if there's been a a, a break in your relationship or, or something an unfair doing or something where un, you've been unreconciled to someone you need reconciliation it's all a challenge of your life it has nothing to do with what they said and what they did and, uh, you know, I had this situation, Sarah, this last month where there's, 
there's literally a few times in my life, less than what I could count on one hand, where I have been harshly humbled. And when I say that, it wasn't because of what they said. It was because of the situation, the way that these people approached me. I did something wrong and I didn't realize it. And, you know, again, it's my style. It's my personality. It's like, and I had this moment where I sat down and it was one of the hardest yet best powerful moments and seasons in my life of just, hey, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for, for what, I, what I've done and I'd never meant to put you through that emotionally and if it's put pressure on your relationship or your relationships. And uh, again, I think it's so great when we're, a lot of us are asking for these moments to become better people and then those moments come, you know? And, <laughs> and then you're like, I don't want to be better anymore. I'd just rather be comfortable, but they're, they're great opportunities and tools for our growth. So thanks for sharing that. That's 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 really powerful. You you have all these metrics, these these schedulings, these meetings, you're always building. So what do you what do you and Phil do to relax? You got to do something to unwind, right? Yeah, we just, you know, it's we love where we live. We're on a lake. So the other day it was kind of chilly out, but we took baby Gabriel, we call him baby G for short. <laughs> uh, we took him out and we went by the, and we built a little campfire and bundled him up, of course. And we just had a great time sitting and chilling and winding down after the day. Love to go out on the boat, kayaking, um, watching movies, but those are harder to do with a three month old now. Cause it's not very long that you get, you know, a two hour stretch of quiet. Totally. Um, <laughs> But, you know, even walks, you know, we've been, we take walks together each morning and that's been a lot of fun too. So spending time with each other, that is my perfect day. That's one of my favorite things about you guys. Anyone that's close to you uh, and connected to your heart and anyone that's watching you sees your commitment to building this powerful, healthy, connected family, right? You and Phil are like religious about these Robin's date nights <laughs> and the <laughs> post. <laughs> What's that? I said, we have a hashtag, Robin's yes. date night. <laughs> they have a hashtag for their date night. And you guys, but but it's, it's a needed example, Sarah. Like, you know, I think we all are trying to build this amazing thing. We're building this dream life, but sometimes we forget to actually live the life that we're building. And I think it's so special to watch you keep the spark in your relationship with your husband. And you guys have such a unique relationship too. How many women get to retire their husbands? First thing, that's incredible. I mean, Phil is like got to be loving that, but with all these different dynamics too, and now you have a son in your family, like how do you keep that alive? Because that's something that it doesn't matter who you are or where you're at. Everyone needs to hear about that. Yeah, absolutely. We make each other a priority. In fact, with a two week old, we actually had our very first date night. Now, um, keep in mind, it was nowhere far and we went for an hour to Chipotle. So, (laughs) (laughs) and that's okay. But I dressed up like we were going somewhere really fancy and that is just part of the fun. You know, we get dressed up for each other and every single week we make a point to go somewhere. And you know what? There are weeks where we don't have a babysitter and we bring baby G with us and we have a really great time and just, you know, spend time together and with our family we make it a priority. We make each other a priority every single week. And that has been so important before kids. And now even with a little baby, we make sure that we are scheduling those in on purpose. So do you have like one day of the week that you do it? Or do you kind of sit down on Sundays and say, okay, how, how do you do that personally? Friday nights, typically my aunt, she's so sweet. She always volunteers to babysit. And she says, I'm coming to have bingo night with the baby. So, <laughs> <laughs> so she's go night and we get to go out and and have fun and so it's that's been a huge blessing to us so fun i like to create scenarios you know let's say there's someone listening 
uh, man or woman, they're married and they're kind of losing hope, right? They're losing hope in the relationship and they, they, they want the relationship to work in the last, but they're not, maybe they're not pouring into it. Maybe they're not giving the attention. They're, they're stuck. They don't know what to do. What would you say is something that they can do to really not only, not only save their relationship and their marriage, but, um, make it healthy and growing. Mm-hmm. So time, Phil always says time is the currency of relationship. It's the best thing that we can give one another and it's making the time and it's turning off the phone and, you know, the pings and the social media and really focusing on each other in good conversation and communication. Another thing is getting on the same page and setting goals. So I know we're all used to doing that in the new year, but every single month in the beginning of the month, Phil and I get together and we write down our goals for our faith, for our family, for our friendships, for our fitness and health, for our finances and givings, and then for field, which is, you know, business and ministry. And we write down some of the goals and the things that we're working toward together. We pray for them. And we also, too, we look at our giving goals. So, you know, different places that we want to give for that month. And again, going back to the why, that's the thing that fuels us to build even bigger in our business because we know some of the, you know, big things and big projects that we're working towards. So just really getting on the same page and goal setting with each other as well. I mean, that is, you talk about, you know, that inspiration we have in the beginning of the year when all of a sudden we're like going to lose, you know, 5,000 pounds and become a trillionaire. Right. That same type of drive and motivation as a couple, if you're constantly setting goals. And it's really cool because we'll look at the previous month's goals and we'll be able to check some off and just say, wow, that was an answered prayer. Wow. It's amazing to see what happened in this area of our life. And um, it's really neat to see how things progressed with time. In fact, I'm in my husband's office right now and I'm looking at a goal sheet that we created when we first got married and we detailed just some of the things that we wanted in a future home and I literally look at our house and down to a T it was almost like we designed it back then and we had no idea that we would be in it today it's incredible yeah it's basically building success measurements so that you feel accomplished and you know that's that's really I'm gonna um copy and paste those those all the f goals I don't know if it's six f words or not f words you know (laughs) so i'm going to copy and paste those if you're on my personal website and you're listening to this podcast you need to copy those and start setting goals in those can you can you name a few of those again really quick so we've got our faith we've got our family we have our friends we have our fitness and health we have our finances and giving and then also our field which can be your business your job etc that is so powerful. And it's not just this new year, January thing. It's an, it's an ongoing thing. I've realized that since I started doing this Sunday night meeting with my wife, it sounds funny, like the Sunday night meeting, <laughs> it's, it blows me away how just our overall connection and our goals together. And we, we meet for 30 minutes to an hour. We just go through the next week's schedule and it just put us on a new playing field. So thanks for sharing that. I, I really appreciate it. And to end on these last two questions, looking at your life now, I'm sure that you were like, I never knew that this was possible. Would you go back and do anything different or change anything? No, I have no regrets because everything, every lesson that I've learned, it has led me to where we are today. So good. I love that. That is it. Living with no regrets. That's so special. I think that even if you have regrets, you have to go back into your mind and not justify it, but realize that it's either made you the person you are today or it's shown you the person you are today and where you need to be. That's so good. So at the end of the show, this is one I want to ask you. 
you just imagine you're at the last few minutes of your life here on earth, the last few minutes left. And what would you say? What would you say to your family? What would you say to baby G, your children, uh, Phil? What would be your last bit of advice and your, your words of love to them? This is where you leave a highly hormonal, you know, postpartum woman in tears. <laughs> <laughs> I would say to them that I loved them with my whole heart and I put them first. You know, so many people say they're doing what they are for their family, yet their family comes in last place. And I loved them first and I put them first as priority in my life and everything else, you know, it's just icing on the cake. And, you know, life really is about legacy. It is the love that we leave behind, the the legacy that we leave to those we love, but also for those that we lead as well. Um, you know, Phil and I, we had a conversation over lunch today and, you know, he said, people say all the time you guys could retire and really I could, you know, take my foot off the gas and just kind of, you know, live on, you know, what we've created and what our team has created. Um, but he says, you know, what I admire is you're always looking for, you know, what more can I do to love? What more can I do to create a better life for other people? And that's through, you know, mentoring people in my business, um, you know, building these orphanages, working with kids, but also what am I going to leave to my children as well? And a big part of that is love and time. Man, that is so good. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. I personally have been impacted by this Dreamcast. I'm taking notes here and I'm just so thankful to have you on the Dreamcast podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You guys truly are rock stars. <laughs> Thanks so much. Well, you've just listened to Sarah Robbins, a number one best-selling author on Amazon with the book, Rock Your Network Marketing Business. She's in the top 1% of earners for women in all America, bringing in a six-figure monthly income that puts her in the annual seven-figure club. She's coached thousands, and her true passion is to give back and help others find their purpose by building their dream life. She is truly changing lives and impacting the world one skincare product at a time. For everyone listening, if you have a dream but you do not know where to begin, then start your journey with me at danielbazinski.com. And if you enjoyed the Dreamcast, please subscribe now for more interviews and more podcasts to come. If you have a friend that has a dream and they don't know where to begin or to pursue it, share and invite them on the show because dreams are worth living and the first step starts today. Thank you for listening to the Dreamcast. Your future is valuable. So don't forget to invest into your dream every day with us. I hope the Dreamcast has inspired you to become the greatest version of yourself. I would be honored if you would help the Dreamcast grow. One of the best ways to do this is by leaving us a review on iTunes. Subscribe to hear more powerful interviews and podcasts to come. Until then, keep dreaming big.